Okay, TMG Podcast on September 14th, 2020 in 3, 2, 1. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the TMG Podcast. We are joined, as we are weekly, by our August panel. And we'll call the roll now. Mr. Mark Blauschen from Sichuan, Mass. Mr. Blauschen, how how are you today? I'm good. All right. Chicago's own Herb Gould. Herb, how are you today? I'm doing great. Almost as good as the Chicago Bears. Oh, my. And, of course, the pride of Rutgers, Mr. Tom Lucci. Good afternoon, Mr. Lucci. Tony, how are you? How's everybody? It's uh, football weather here in the Northeast. Great, cool football weather. Wonderful. Well, it's it was uh, quite a football weekend. But before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, APA, A-P-B-A, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulations. Our friend John Herson has been uh, been with us since the, the very beginning. We want to thank him for that. And obviously, well, we want to thank our man David at Revelation Studios in uh, lovely Chino, California, the technical assistance, the assistance we could simply not do without because none of us are very technical. That's why we became sports writers. All right, so got a lot to get to today, and we're going to start today, boys and girls, where we've started just about every week, uh, and that's the ongoing drama as the Big Ten turns. Uh, as we sit here today, now we, we, we will grant it that things could change by the time we get this podcast recorded and get it uploaded <laughs> for our folks to listen to, things could change. But as we sit here today, there may there may or may not be a vote on whether or not to resume football in the Big Ten. Herb, you were right there in the middle of it. Uh, what what are you hearing about about how this thing is going to shake out? Do do they have the votes? I know I know they have the, the people who are loud, but do they have the votes for reversal here? Well, that's a good question, Tony. I think what they're doing is they're presenting some new uh, plans to do extensive uh, COVID testing. I think they're also talking about, you know, when they could actually start. Uh, I think that, you know, those things are going to influence the votes. Uh, You know, this is just, it, it, we've talked about it, you know, ad nauseum, but it was, it was a very poorly thought out decision in the first place. And people aren't accepting it. And, you know, I guess I would just say all power to them. I mean, it's unfortunate that it is dragged out this long. Uh, But, yeah, there is a meeting that began on Sunday uh, going on again today with the university presidents and chancellors could go into tomorrow. And I think they're presenting, you know, the practical realities. And then we'll see about that vote. You know, the other issue you have is that. Um, Wisconsin and Maryland are in pauses athletically. I mean, they're not doing the informal workouts or or the workouts because of uh, some positive tests. So, you know, there, there's just a lot of activity going on, but there is a lot of conversation and there's a sentiment that they could get something done and, and play, you know, the popular start date is October 17th which, you know, would allow them to perhaps fit into the college football playoff mix. All right. So let's let's do the math. All right. 
and I'm going to ask you this question, Mark Blaschen, but let's do the math. But based on everything I've read and heard thus far, Herb is absolutely right. October 17th sounds like the start date. Well, guess what? The end date has to be December 19th because December 19th is when the SEC, the ACC, and and the Big 12 are allegedly going to play their conference games, their their conference championship games. So let's just do the math. If you started October 17th, you'd have October 17th, 24-31. That's three. There are four Saturdays in November. That's seven. All right. Then you got one set. You have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and December 12th. That's eight Saturdays. So that tells me if Mark Blouse, if my if my University of Georgia math skills are right. That means if they start on October 17th and they have to play a conference championship game by December 19th, then that's eight Saturdays with no Saturdays off, and the maximum number of games they could play would be eight. And if you play eight games, Mark Blauschen, is that good enough to qualify for consideration for the college football playoffs? Works for me because for years and years uh, the SEC has made a habit of playing eight, eight conference games. You know, and and and, and uh, I, I think if you play eight conference games in a championship game, you, you and you start you start at late, but at the same time, uh, and your team is eight and zero or nine and zero, you deserve to be there. I don't see any problem with that. Do you? Yeah, you play. yeah. Go ahead, Luch. Uh, what about all these stoppages and starts? What if they don't get the full eight in? Are we going to have you're right. situations like the St. Louis Cardinals right. in baseball where they only play 30 games? I mean, how many games right. have been well, postponed already? You know, these teams that are postponing them now have some time to make it up. The Big Ten won't have time to make it up. I well, don't understand good. why you'd want to start in October, uh, you know, October 14th without giving yourself any wiggle room, no chance for a buy, no chance for makeups. There's going to be well, a lot of teams that are only going to play five. I mean, you know, Rutgers has had an outbreak as well. You're talking about Wisconsin and, and, and Maryland pausing. That's going to happen during the season. And as we've talked about quite a bit, you know, what we're going to find out is two weeks from now, after all these schools have played, is there a, a, a spike in the virus mm-hmm. in certain schools where they've allowed 25% attendance. I mean, that's something we have to wait and see. I don't understand the point now. If you're going to start it, start it next week. At least you have a little wiggle room. But October 14th to me is ridiculous. You're going to have teams that only play five games. You're going to have a lot of well, yeah, but 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 that happens, Luce. But but also in the, among among the ACC and even even with the with the with the built-in uh, things, you could you could have uh, teams that, that play only eight eight or nine or ten games in in the ACC and the, and the SEC too. So I don't know. Yeah. What, eight, eight's yeah, not there's, five. There's no margin for error. Eight's not five though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you know, well, I mean, it's just it doesn't make any sense to play a five-game season if that's if that's what you're reduced to. And, and as I said, we've already seen how many games have we seen so long delayed? I don't know. Well, we're not, we're really, we don't know. But, but here's guys, we're really talking about two different things. One is the odds are if they start on October 17th, the odds are tremendously against them being able to play eight straight games. Okay, right. That's one thing. The, but the other thing we're talking about is, but what if they do? Okay. What if they do? Do you think the SEC is going to sit there quietly and go, oh, sure. We played 10 conference games. They played eight. We're just fine with them being part of the play. No, 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 Tony. No, no, no. 
Now, for years, for years, the SEC we played eight, and everyone else played nine, and 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 and, and no, no, that's not going to work that way. No, sorry, I don't, I don't right. buy that one at all. Well, it's well, if you play eight, eight is legitimate. Anything less than eight is not legitimate. Well, right. To, and to, the other part of this, I think, is that you're talking about eight teams getting to the, you know, eight games for the team that is going to be in the hunt for that. The ACC already has mentioned that they need eight teams to play a full season. It, it you know, it, in this in this season, there just there there aren't any any rules that that can't be broken. Yeah, I, I agree. Eight games is plenty. But, to, but you know, in, in order to play, but in order to play eight games, you got to have nine teams. Okay, you got to yeah. you got to have okay and. I'm I'm sitting here looking at you know they're talking that Michigan's not going to play they're talking Michigan State's not going to play Luch what about Rutgers is Rutgers going to play or Uh, Rutgers going to opt out that's that's still (coughs) determined but I'm saying I I just don't think it's practical because um, what was we just had one this week that uh, I guess it was um, was it Kansas that had 40 players that that couldn't dress for undisclosed reasons. I mean, we're seeing this all over the place. I, yep. I, I just don't think it's practical is my point. I have nothing against them wanting to try to play. Go ahead if that's what you want to do. I just don't think you're going to get eight games in. I, I, you know, There's just too many clusters. We're expecting another spike. That's what all the medical experts say. We're due for one when the weather gets colder and the flu season gets here. How do you, get, how do you squeeze in eight games? I think the, team, the conferences that are playing now are going to find it difficult to squeeze in eight, nine games. And, and here's the question I'll put to the panel is what if the Big Ten says, okay, we're going to play and we've got enough teams to play, but Bill Hancock, we really need for you and the college football playoff committee to move those semifinals no. back a couple of weeks and move the national championship game out another couple of weeks uh, what is what's Bill Hancock and the boys? What what is their response to that request, Mark Blousen? No, without 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 any hesitation at all, zero. You play by the rules were in place early on. Now you're going to change the rules because you want to make this change the rules. Uh, uh-uh. if you can if you can abide by the rules and you can fit in your schedule within a, within the confines confines of what we set up, that's fine. We're not. I mean, there's there's I mean, dates have been have been set. Hotels have been reserved. Everything you, you can't just move the orange ball and the rose ball to a to a week later and just say, oh, we, we need the we need the game, we need the hotels. That's not going to work. Sorry, I don't buy that at all. Well, what has fascinated me is is the pressure that has been brought to bear on the Big Ten office and the Big Ten presidents. <laughs> the oh, yeah. attorney general, the attorney general of the state of Ohio, gets on the radio and basically says. Oh, you know, Ohio State should sue, and you know what? I just might help them out. Uh, and I just find it fascinating the pressure being brought to bear when for so long nobody could put any pressure on the Big Ten because Jim Delaney had things completely under control. So, so okay, let, let's go around the table real quick. Bottom bottom line it for me, Blauschen, is the Big Ten going to play football this fall? No. No? No. No. Not, president, not at all. The, the president will stop it. Again. The presidents are going to buck up and say, "No, we're not. We're not going to let a bunch of parents and a bunch of uh, Nebraska football right. players 
override our decision. That's my guess. That's just a bad guess, but uh, that's my guess. Well, Herb, you're, you're, you're right there. Yeah, you know, I would say probably not because of all the hurdles that we've just gone through. But I, I think the key point now is that they are they're, they're showing that they are trying. The presidents and chancellors who totally misread the importance of football are now acknowledging that, yeah, we need to really we need to try everything we can. Whether trying everything they can is going to be enough is, is a very large question. I don't think they'll be able to do it. Or if they do it, it'll be so modified and watered down that maybe they aren't in the championship hunt. Um, so, yeah, they won't play. But I think the optics have changed with all of these renewed efforts. How does it, how does this story end, Tom Lucci? I would say with the – you know what? I, I think ultimately the Big Ten is going to be proven to have made the right move, believe it or not. Because I, I said, as I said earlier, I, we're not done with this thing. I mean, no. I, I, was, I, I, watched, I watched the news all the time, and, and these, guys, these medical experts are saying we can expect another spike, especially since, you know, the, the people are getting a little lazy with social distancing and protocols. Um, you know, they're, they're letting 25% into the stands. You know, uh, Memphis allegedly had a, you know, had a spike because the players went on a party bus that was reported. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, that's going to happen. I mean, as I as I wrote Sunday, what a shocker! Got college players cooped up for six months, wanted to party with other college players. Holy cow! Yeah, you know, I am. Not, couldn't see that one coming. But I just I, don't see this getting better, Tony. If there's a vaccine now, that's the X factor. That can right. change everything. But at this point, I would have to say that I don't see a lot of these conferences even finishing their seasons. I am shocked, shocked that the Memphis players got on a party bus. I really am. <laughs> so, all right, let's turn let's turn the page on this. Here is a sentence I never thought I would say on our podcast. How about that Sun Belt? Okay, how about the Sun Belt? I, I just got off a conference call with the Sun Belt coaches, and they are feeling they're they're high on life right now. Uh, this is a big win. Louisiana didn't just go to Iowa State and win. They kicked Iowa State's butt up and down the field. Coastal Carolina didn't just go to Kansas and win. They embarrassed Kansas. And Arkansas wait, 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 State. Hard to embarrass Kansas in football. But I understand. <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> well, on the scoreboard, they totally dominated the game, and Arkansas State went, went, went to Kansas State. Uh, I talked to Blau about this earlier in the day. I'm, I'm going to do something for the website after talking to all the Sunbelt people. I'm going to talk to um, uh, talk to Michael Resco at the uh, American Athletic Conference. You know, with, with the with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 out, and if they stay out, is this the year that a group of five team goes undefeated and gets? at least gets in the conversation, a serious conversation about getting one of the four teams in the playoff. What say you, Mark Blush? I think very good chance. And I think it, um, it can't come from the AAC. I think Cincinnati and Central Florida, if you look at the schedule, uh, they, they could be, uh, both of them could be undefeated going to their regular season game in, in November. And then and if one of those comes out undefeated, they could certainly be there. Well, speaking of the schedule, I, I put it together right here. Right right now, guys, Today, I, I wanted us to talk about this today, and I wanted to write about it this week, because as we sit here today, an un, there are five group of five 
teams in the top 25, five, three from the American, two from the Sun Belt, uh, which is, you know, unprecedented. Now they're going to start playing each other, but Mark pointed out Cincinnati is the highest at number 13. They got to play Army, not this week, but next week. That'll be interesting. And of course, they play Memphis and UCF. UCF plays at Georgia Tech on Saturday. So suddenly, that looks like a different game. Obviously, they play Memphis and Cincinnati. Memphis uh, plays UCF and Cincinnati. Louisiana Lafayette they, and Appalachian State, they play each other on October 17th. So, the, the curve, let me ask you this. You, you, you watched the college football playoff with there's been discussions about UCF UCF didn't get in with an undefeated team but given the fact that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are not there do you look at these group of five teams maybe a little bit differently oh I, I think so Tony I mean especially as you mentioned I mean what Louisiana did at Iowa State uh you know that that and especially if Iowa State goes on you know to right the ship uh, you know, they're definitely in, in, in the conversation if one of those teams runs the table. Um, and it's just another example of how this is going to be a unique year. Be, you know, we they're having opportunities and these teams are, you know, and I wonder, too, about the impact of limited offseason practices, et cetera. You know, and that that's going to open the door. I think we're going to see a lot of surprises, not only among the group of five, but within the power five uh, leagues that are playing. Uh, look at your, uh, you know, your Georgia Tech. I mean, I thought that was that was that was a surprisingly good performance. Um, and you know, Duke gave Notre Dame a game for the longest time. I mean, I, I think that there's going to be just a lot of different things going on than than what we expect, even more so than what we usually see in the surprising world of college football. What about it, Lucci? Can we, can the, can the group, can the group of five dare to dream? If they could, if they could put a 13 and 0 team out there, could they, could they dare to dream? Here's the thing, Tony. I, I, I think they're going to have a platform this year with the absence of the big 10 and, and the PAC 12. And, and I think they're going to get a lot of attention and rightfully so, and nothing against them. Cause I loved watching those games this weekend. Uh, but in my mind, the playoffs are still going to come down to the Clemson Notre Dame winner, Oklahoma Texas winner, and two mm-hmm. teams from the SEC. There's your four. So yep. you tell me, you you tell me how Louisiana is going to jump one of the teams from the SEC. They're not. I will, I will tell you because if you look at the SEC, I mean, there's there's some tremendous quality parity in the SEC, and, and the SEC has been really fortunate to dodge that we're knocking you off bullet, but maybe that happens this year. You know, you just don't know when you start looking around, there's half a dozen teams there that are, are capable of being in the playoff, but they're also capable of knocking off other teams in the sec. Understood her, but last year they had a 15 and 0 team and the league was very good. I'm just saying, you know, as, they, as we stand on September 14th, I think this is one of the best storylines that could happen to college football if these group of five conferences are getting this attention. But when it comes down to the playoffs, and, and you're talking about also uh, the TV and attraction, I, mean, I don't see anybody getting past Oklahoma, Texas winner, Notre Dame, Clemson. I mean, Clemson could very well run a table. And SEC is going to be two. I mean, I could say I, you're going to have to really convince me that a one-loss SEC team – from the SEC championship game doesn't deserve to get in over Cincinnati, 
UCF, Louisiana, whoever it might be, whoever you want to put on the table? Well, I'll tell you who, who is skeptical about an undefeated team getting into the playoff. That's, and that would be Billy Napier, the head coach of Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, I talked to him uh, just a little while ago, and he said, you know, uh, he said the reality is that people are going to talk about our conference a lot, and uh, they should. But uh, when, you're, when you're picking 14 to play for the national championship, he said <laughs> he, he used to coach at Alabama, so I knew him. He said, Tony, you know this. There's a difference. Right. <laughs> and I said, yeah, there's a difference. And so kind of, I, kind of what I, I think I, I think it's to say, Tony. <laughs> I, 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 ultimately, you know. Yeah, he said there's a difference. And he, and he, he said when you when you're picking the final four, that's a little. But but having said that, they're going to take all the exposure and conversation they can get. And it's going to be fun. But we have to remember the SEC hadn't started playing yet. So that's but it's a it's a fun. It was a fun storyline to, to watch. Uh now, great weekend for the group of five, great weekend for the Sun Belt. Can we possibly put the Big 12 into some kind of perspective? Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma, fine, but man, to get beat at home, three teams getting beat at home, all double favors, <clears throat> uh, favorites, and two of them didn't just get beat, they got dominated. Mark, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on with the Big 12? This is not a new story, Tony. We've talked about this for the last couple of years. They don't play defense in the Big 12. I mean, nope. I mean, the, the joke the joke that was going around this summer was that the Big 12 has been practicing social distancing on this defense for years. That's why they're. I mean, that's that's why they're they're so bad. I mean, they just don't put, they they go out and they they're good for scoring shows. But they lose a lot of games, 43-38, 34-31, uh, and they just, they're just not tough enough. And, and I'm, 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 I'll be surprised if there's any undefeated team that comes out there because I think Texas is going to beat Oklahoma, and then Texas can go out and lose Texas Tech. I mean, I think that's, that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to have no undefeated teams in the, in, in the Big 12, which then puts another spot open in the Final Four, which I think gives uh, hope for the power for the group of five teams to come and try and do something. Well, let me get Tom Lucci. Let me give you a scenario that was very telling on Saturday. I'm watching the Iowa State Louisiana Lafayette game. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette's up by two scores. They get the ball back and start <laughs> pounding on Iowa State. Basically, basically Matt Campbell say? basically gave, Matt Campbell, the Iowa State head coach, basically gave up. He said, these right. guys are just beating us into submission. So they, did, they didn't just win the game. When the game came, they just simply lined up and beat them down. And that, to me, that is a microcosm, Lucci, of what's wrong with Big 12 football. Well, not only that, but if you remember, I watched that game as well in the final minute. Normal situations up 24-14, clock running 35, 40 seconds left, you take the knee out of respect to the other coach, they went right for it. They scored another touchdown in the final minute of a game when they had control, clock running, you know. So that was very interesting. I don't know if they were trying to get some style points so that people look at, you know, eight games from now, look back, oh, yeah, that was 31. That was a real dominant performance. Here's what I'd say about the Big 12. It looks like it's going to be top-heavy and bottom disastrous. I mean, I think <laughs> you can put Oklahoma at the top. Uh, let's say Texas is good. We've been saying that for how long now? A decade. 
Jury's out on Baylor and Oklahoma State. Rest of the league's terrible. Yep. Where's Iowa State, Luch? Well, off one game, and you have a, you know, people are going to say it's a small sample size. You only get a small sample size this year because, uh, okay. you know, the reduced schedule. You're not getting 12 games. You may only get nine. So they so all have tough to count. Team, aren't they, Luch? Well, they could come Luch. back. They have, you know, he, coming into the season, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12, and he just laid an egg in the opener. So, yep. I mean, that happens. I remember way, way back in the in the early 80s, somebody picked Maryland go. number one in Sport Magazine. They lost their opener. Yeah. You know, so that stuff was, like that, that happens. Like, it can't happen, right? Right. Well, based on what we saw uh, Saturday, now, again, again, it was against the fight Bobby Petrino's, and you want to score as many points as possible against them. Uh, but uh, Spencer Rattler, the great, greatest name in college football, looks – like he's got all the tools. Herb Gould, did you get to see any of that at all? You know what? I, I didn't, but I, I know that he's he does have all the tools. I, I mean, I I was my mind was on other uh, activity. Uh, you know, I I, I didn't. I, I saw. You know, I want us to talk about Notre Dame at some point. But uh, if you want to talk about Spencer Rattler right now, I'll defer. I, I got a lot to watch. A little Tony and. You know, he, he's a little different than what they've had, isn't he? Um, size, style, and... Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, 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 the one thing you can say about Lincoln Riley, you know, is that he sure knows how to adapt to his quarterback's abilities. You know, I think when you have two high winners and a high one the past three years, that's yeah. kind of, you know, an obvious statement. But I, I think it's true. And, again, it's, it's, you know, the level of competition was one thing, but he was very, very sharp. Well... This guy might be, you know, again, it's just only one game. we got to see. But just based on the early returns, this guy could have the best combination of athletic ability and arm talent. Uh, that His arm looks more talented than uh, Kyler Murray and guys like that. So we will see. Clay brought up Notre Dame. I, uh, what was your takeaway? I thought, I thought they would come Duke and they didn't. Uh, so that was one of my wrong picks. But overall, what was your takeaway from Notre Dame Duke? You know, I I, I think that there's going to be angst in the uh, you know Irish family, uh, you know, of of boosters and 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 Subway alumni. But I thought it was a very reasonable opening game. Um, they're breaking in a whole new set of skill people. They got a they got a really. Uh, experienced offensive line. Ian Book had kind of an off day throwing the ball. Uh, I lost track of how many times Tony Dungy said, well, I think Ian Book would like that one back. Um, <laughs> you know, but all that said, I thought it was, you know, a very reasonable opening game. There were a couple people on defense who looked uh, like they might be able to uh, stand up to the test of time. I-, I thought it was a good opener for them. It wasn't like anything great, but you just saw that, you know, if this all gets together, they can be a very good team. Now, whether they can be good enough to beat a Clemson, I, I'm I'm not ready to even think about that yet, but they don't have to think about that until November. So I, I think as Brian Kelly said, you know, you just shake off the rust and take this one and move along. I thought, you know, they were fine. Well, speaking of Clemson, uh, you sat there and watched them Saturday. Yeah, look, they're playing them. Wake Forest. Okay, Wake Forest. Now, they've had a pretty decent amount of success under Dave Clawson, but Clemson, my goodness gracious. 
Mark Blaschen, they, they just lined up. And they looked like they were in mid-season form. Effic- from an offensive standpoint, efficiently, I, I don't know. You know, We'll see about Notre Dame and whether or not they can ch- challenge Clemson. But outside of Notre Dame, maybe if they play North Carolina in the, in the championship game because they don't play them in the regular season, but man, it's hard to see anybody touching Clemson in that league. Oh, I agree. I mean, uh, Dabo's got him ready for – he's already got – I mean, they, they have their eyes on, on a prize in, 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 in January already, already rather than in September. They, all they have to worry about is not stumble. I think there's so much talent on that team, even, even if you go two and three deep. I mean, um, the second second team against Clemson could probably, could probably win eight games in the ACC. I mean, that's, that's how deep and talented they are. Well – uh, it's, it's it's right right now. It's just it's it's going to be fascinating on November seventh because Clemson's got to go, got to go to Notre Dame. So I yeah, you know, I, I think Tony, this reminds me. I, I wouldn't put it necessarily uh, ex- a, an exact comparison, but when I covered Notre Dame in '88, when Miami Hurricanes were loaded and came into South Bend, you know that was there was a there was a talent gap there between Miami and Notre Dame. Uh, but I don't know that I think Clemson's gap might be bigger than than uh, this year over Notre Dame than Miami's was that year. But that said, uh, you know, on one Saturday, that's why we love college football. You would never think at this point that Notre Dame is going to go out on the field and, and, and match what we saw from Clemson Saturday night. But we don't have to do that. They don't have to do that for, uh, you know, several, several weeks. Well, I'm sitting here, I'm looking ahead to this week's schedule. Here's a couple of games uh, that sort of keep your eye on. Miami goes to Louisville. Now, Miami, I thought, uh, put together a pretty decent uh, performance against US, UAB, which is a tough tough out for a lot of people. They go to Louisville, and Louisville has an interesting guy at quarterback, Mikhail Campbell, who is a who is very efficient, very athletic. That's one to keep an eye on. Let me ask you, Mark Blaston, can can your Hurricanes go to Louisville and win that game? Uh, I think they can compete, and I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, I, I think that's uh, it showed me a lot a, a lot of potential. Uh, you know, uh, last week against UAB, and then uh, now they got to play on the road, and uh, Louisville's pretty good. So I think it'll be a fun game to watch. And yeah, they can win the game. Another game I'm keeping, sort of keeping my eye on uh, on Saturday is, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm wondering about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just absolutely destroyed Austin P. Oh, oh, by the way, this is an interesting story. They were they were beating uh, they were beating Austin P. Forty two to nothing, I believe it was, and uh, they said, well, let's just play, let's just play ten. 10 minute quarters in the third and the fourth ended up being 55 to nothing. Uh, that, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting, interesting <laughs> move. I, I, I think we're getting ready to find out if Pittsburgh might be one of those teams that will fool you. They've got Syracuse. They're 20 and a half point favorites against Syracuse. Uh, <clears throat> Luch, have you seen Pittsburgh at all? Do you think, uh, do they have a chance to make any noise in the ACC? You know, to me, uh, yeah, sure they do because uh, their quarterback's a, a Jersey kid. So uh, you know, I know him, and I know people. I actually know people in his family, and I know Mark Whipple is very high on the offensive coordinator of Pitt. Um, you know, they, they've all told me that. But you know, Pitt is one of those teams to me that you keep expecting things to happen. You know, almost like a mini Texas. 
but obviously Texas has much more resources and better access to talent. But um, yeah, like I said, you know, you keep expecting them to be better and they kind of just flounder along at seven and six and, you know, they pull off an upset and you see the ability and they just aren't consistent enough. So until you see that consistency, I don't know how you can trust it. Oh, and by the way, Tony, just to, to put a, a, a bow on that, on that game last week, um, Austin P plays its final game of the season on Saturday. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They're done. That's it. Three games. They're done. Want to play mm-hmm. three games. That, that is crazy. Uh, another game I wanted to share with you guys for George. Uh, first of all, it, it's pretty clear that Mike Norvell has problems at Florida State. I think that's, I think we'll watch that as the season goes along. Georgia Tech goes in there, three and nine team, double digit underdog. Georgia Tech gets three kicks blocked, two field goals and an extra point. Quarterback throws two horrible interceptions, and they find a way to win the game 16 uh, to 13. Now Georgia Tech plays their first home game against UCF, seven-and-a-half-point favorites on that. That that was for Jeff Collins. This is his second year at Georgia Tech. That was a, a pretty monumental win. be interesting to see how they play against UCF. But, Mark Glasson, let me ask you, as somebody who's covered the ACC, you know what Florida State's all about. They cannot be happy losing at home as a double-digit favorite to Georgia Tech. They cannot. And, and now, I, I, like I'm, everyone else, I'm puzzled. I, I thought uh, last year, I thought the town was there, but they were just undercoached by Willie Taggart. Now, maybe the talent isn't there. Maybe it really isn't. Maybe really they're really not that good. And, and, and that, that would be bad news for – that could be a long uh, rebuilding process for Florida State, which is – can be done, obviously, but but it's much further back in the pack than I thought they were going to be. Well, you know, the other thing about that game that I, I thought was was interesting was Florida State went up ten to nothing early, yep. and 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 I thought, well, now you know, for all of their transitional issues with a new coach, they get this confidence boost at the start, and they're going to just take off, and then all of a sudden they backslid, as you mentioned, and I just wonder, Tony. You're probably closer to Georgia Tech than 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 us. Did you see enough? Is Georgia Tech better than we thought, or is it just that Florida State is, is, is really a mess? Georgia Tech is is better. Georgia Tech was only picked to finish fifteenth in a fifteen team league. Uh, they have a a freshman quarterback in uh, Jeff Sims, who played crazy he played like a freshman at times in may plays they like him a lot the defense has gotten better and and what it was is what you got to give them credit for is they hung in there as herb said they're they're down 10 to nothing they're getting they don't even know if they should put their field goal kicker back on the field all right because he's because he had lacked but you know what they put him in at the end of the game and he kicked the winning field goal uh isn't tim's a, a former florida state commit too i think that's right I yeah. think that's right. Can they give UCF a game? What's that? I was going to say, can can Georgia Tech, you know, can they give UCF a game? Absolutely. I don't know. I, I would ask you, let me ask you this. Are we the only ones old enough to remember when Florida State and Miami were national championship contenders every year? How does this happen in the state of Florida that Florida State's been bad for about five years Miami's been in perpetual rebuilding for 10 years. Yep. How does that happen in the state of Florida? You, you, 
if you don't hire the right coach, you give them the right facilities. Florida State was behind on facilities forever. Miami's been behind on facilities forever. And it, it, dire- it directly impacts uh, recruiting. Now, they won a national championship under Jimbo Fisher, but then he leaves and, and things just go south. And so well, the, since Blackman was the quarterback, I think I, I calculated they're like 17 to 21. Is and, and you, and Luke, you just touched upon it right there. The inconsistent play at quarterback. I mean, they, they went with James Blackman because he's the guy who's played the most. And at times you just look at him and you go, what is this guy doing? So keep, keep your eye on. And, and don't forget guys. Remember when Mike Norvell had a, had a, dis, a dispute with one of the guys on his team who said that, a guy on his team said that he lied about having individual meetings with the players and all that. He had, to, that was a little explosion. He had to get cleaned up. So that that's a story we need to keep our eyes on for uh, the rest of the year. Well, all right, man, that's about the time that we have. Uh, it has been next week, next week when we're here, we will get to talk about everybody being the play because the SEC starts on Saturday, September 26th, and we'll be able to talk about that. Before we go, we want to again thank APA, APBA, the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. Also, again, want to thank David at Revelation Studios in Chino, California. Men, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, You guys take care, and thanks for listening out there, folks, and please carry on.